Hey, you all, a special thank you to our amazing and growing Patreon.com patrons. Terry, Erica, Stephanie, Suze, Diane, Andrea, Barbara, Anna, Jenny, Robin, Jennifer, Karen, and our forever first, Trisha. As Patreon patrons, they get early access to our episodes, my eternal gratefulness for helping us express our love for all things Project Runway. And if you're unfamiliar with Patreon.com, it's a wonderful little site whose mission is to support creative work. There, you can make a small donation of support to the podcast to help out with production costs. And if you'd like to become a Patreon patron, visit our page on Patreon.com forward slash The Workroom Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. The link is also in the show notes. Now let's get to it. The Temple of Dendor is an Egyptian temple that was lifted from Egypt and put in the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It's incredible. It's almost like you're looking at a movie set, but it's real. Look, it's Joan Rivers carved her initials in here when she was a little girl. It's fierce. <laughs> Oops. Hello, all you lovely listeners. Welcome back into the workroom, a labor of love dedicated to Project Runway. I'm Ernez, and art is my fashion. <gasps> and I'm Patricia, <laughs> and it's just about artwork. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome back into the workroom, Patricia. After our break, it's so glad. To, I'm, yeah, I'm so glad to have you. I'm, it's so good to see you. I, I mixed that up because... We can see each other now. <laughs> We're doing video Skype. Um, yeah, thank you for joining once again. And um, listeners, we are again uh, back into the workroom to dive into season four. We're on our vintage journey. And this episode, we'll be talking about episode 11. And um, and yeah, so thanks for coming along with us. So just to remind you all at the top of the episode, Please keep sending all of your questions, your gossip, your rants to us at our Gmail account in the workroom at gmail.com. And that's I in the workroom at Gmail. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you would love to join us on those at just search for the workroom podcast. And um, yeah, we have really great communities there. And on the Facebook page is where I also drop our lovely cheat sheet. But you can also access that cheat sheet through our show notes, which gives you a visual of the final looks. And I'll prompt you when we get to the runway portion of our conversation. And also, reminder, Patreons, if you are a Patreon patron, we have been dropping bonus episodes. They are there for you waiting. And the, the most recent one is Patricia and I going over the instantly iconic September issue cover of the Vogue UK. Um, when I say the Vogue UK, Vogue UK. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and because the cover is this huge fold out cover dedicated to activism for their huge September issue. And also stay tuned because Nayland and I are going to start delving into the BBC fashion history show, A Stitch in Time. And uh, I think it's on BBC. <laughs> Patricia is 
pumping. Um, so yeah, so I'm also excited about that. And you can access that um, if you have access to the BBC. I think it's on PBS. And it's also on Amazon Prime. So if you're listening, if you're interested in listening to us gab about that, then um, uh, they'll be there. So stay tuned. Um, and also Patricia and I will also be dropping more bonus episodes as well to come and we'll be focusing on next in fashion yay so there's a lot coming up there um all right i think that's about it yeah okay so let's get into this episode let's go all the way back to 2007 and episode 11 and we're down to our final five designers so last week we lost ricky and we open up in this episode back in the Gotham City apartments with Sweet Pea kind of stating the obvious that she, <laughs> Sweet Pea's like, wow, I can't, I'm surprised that they eliminated R- Ricky last week. And, you know, I know how you feel about that, Patricia. If you. Oh, I'm, I, I was Sweet Pea and Ricky. I was like, oh my goodness, how long, how long are you two going to stick around for? And it's not that I dislike them as people. I yeah. think they're both nice people but um they just haven't been making things that i personally found interesting or that i wanted to see more of yeah um so yeah i was sort of like can they both go and i know that's really mean to say and i don't i don't want to be mean but i also don't want to feign excitement about either one of them because it's not there (laughs) that makes sense especially if it's like "Mm, either or and if i truly think about it then it could have been a toss-up to me too it's just um, I guess, yeah, I, I, well, Sweet Pea feels lucky, but also is feeling like she could win this because she, now she's in the final five. And uh, yeah, there's like a one in five chance of going, I don't know, not a one in five chance. Let me not do those, uh, uh, those ratios. It's just that she has, she's closer to the finale because listeners, this is our last uh, proper runway. So this is the last episode before they decide who um goes to fashion week so everyone is stressed out all right so let's head to the runway <laughs> with the designers and Heidi Klum and here they get to choose their models and maybe get a challenge clue most likely not so last week remember Chris March one so Chris gets to choose whether or not he wants to swap his model or stay with Marcia so um as we get closer and deeper in into this uh, show, of course, we've been seeing the designers sticking with their models. Um, but also, I think the, the goodbyes to the eliminated models gets a little bit more sad. <laughs> so the model who was with Ricky is Amanda. And of course, she knew she was just like, yeah, no, you want to stay with Marcia. So uh Bye, guys. It's really sad. So she is not she's no longer in the running for the L magazine spread with any of the winning designers. So. So, yeah, um, they leave and then Heidi remains on the runway and asks her favorite question. Ready for your next challenge? And I was all ready for them to go like, yeah, I guess. blah. But she <laughs> she says, I think she only gives them a tip and says you're going on another field trip another I field trip i am shaking my head 
You know, this, this is just a continuation of how well I understand the medium of podcasting. I am shaking my head, making yeah. physical gestures. I, mm-hmm. Another field trip? Really? Like, yeah. what? who decided this would make good TV? To Has have, it like, been, like, four three... in a row? Yes, yes, exactly. It's just like, okay, not funny. I know. <laughs> and so she tells them, she's like, Tim is waiting for you on Fifth Avenue and 82nd Street. So go and meet him there. Um, and there are quite a few okay who are the new yorkers left i think um chris i mean i think chris and christian both live in new york at this time i do believe that's true so they would definitely know where they're going um and then the other ones not so much either they're new new yorkers or they just have never been to the upper east side and so this what i love this because now that i live in new york I know what this is. I know where this is, uh, you know. And also, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, my God, this is a surprise, just like the other designers. But um, Patricia, where are they going? What's at 82nd and 5th? 82nd and 5th is the kind of southern tip of the massive art complex known as the Metropolitan Museum of Art. It is its own airport, basically, inside. Um, (laughs) And it's massively big um there are areas of that museum i still have never been into um but i have to say when i first moved to new york that was the first museum i went to in new york city because of um my art history class Mm -hmm. and i just want to tell you that i walked up there from 18th street What? i just walked up there thinking i'm gonna give give myself two hours i am afraid of taking the subway you know i I walked up there so far (laughs) oh my god it's a nice walk up Fifth Avenue, if you if you want to do that, it is. Um, but you know, little genius me, it's like October, and I get there, I'm all sweaty, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I mean, yeah. anyway. So, but it's it's interesting that that, um, like, we know that museum because we live here. But also, I thought it was interesting to watch this episode, and it added another dimension to it for me. Um, you know, the museums have been closed mm-hmm. a lot of institutions have been closed because of lockdown mm-hmm. but the, the metropolitan museum is opening i think next week yeah or within two weeks end of, end of this month it's supposed to yeah so so i was like oh my gosh i'm taking a virtual trip to the metropolitan museum right now i know i don't think <laughs> so? i've ever appreciated the outside or the inside of the building so much <laughs> because it's like oh yeah, yeah. and it and then the same it's expansive there um what i actually thought of was um and i hope neilan doesn't get i I hope we're not divulging a secret but um one of our assignments in grad school involved the metropolitan museum of art did you get this assignment i did not but now i'm very interested okay well okay now i feel (laughs) even more special or whatever you know in that year where the one of my favorite assignments when when i took a class with Naylan was um, we had to go to the Met by ourselves and choose one art piece that was something that we to focus on and then essentially give a little talk about it. So do all your research about it, what it means to you. And then also you had to locate it. So we spent the whole day, we met each other at the Met, our, our class. I remember that day was really, really worried because I don't think I'd ever been 
oh gosh, had I been to the, I had been to the Met before, but we were meeting so early and I was worried about getting there on time from Brooklyn. So for those of you guys who don't live in New York, getting from where I live to the Met took me about an hour. Um, And then getting from where I live to get to school usually typically was like a 30 minute trip. So I remember being so stressed out about that. But you also had to know where you were going. So, um, so thinking about the massive building this is, you know, just kind of had to know because you had to guide your fellow students and it's like oh my god I don't want to get lost in this place and spin forever but um anyway so let's get to the challenge because I because because even talking about the expanse of this place kind of delves into that because they arrive at at the Met and they see Tim standing in the middle of the stairs and they're just like oh my gosh where are we going da, 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 it's the Met of course and um, so they walk through the entrance with with Tim until, you know, uh, uh, I, this is an entrance that I'm not really familiar with. So um, I've never gone through this um, entryway. I don't know if that's a thing that is closed off now, but he stops them and then gives them the challenge. So essentially, um, Tim starts with a speech about how art has served as a critical and essential inspiration for fashion. And for their challenge, they are to choose a piece of art and use it for inspiration to create a look of their choice. And that means they get carte blanche. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. There are, are, are basically no other stipulations, except except because this place is so gigantic, they can only choose from three wings. <laughs> or I would say three galleries, not wings. Wings are huge. Only from three galleries. So... Tim gives them the choice of the gallery where they're staying, which just happens to be the Greek and Roman sculpture garden type deal. I think that's what it was called. Um, And I call it Rami bait. And then the other (laughs) gallery is the European painting wing. And then the other gallery is the temple of Dendor, which is essentially um, the part of the Met that they built, especially for this Egyptian um, a tomb that they essentially lifted and brought over from Egypt. So the rules are they get 45 minutes to just seek inspiration. So they're going to spend 45 or I guess they spend like 15 minutes in each of the of the galleries. They all get a camera to take their pictures with. And in true vintage Project Arnoy, we don't even know what kind of cameras these are. We don't know who sponsors, who is sponsoring this uh, this this challenge. Uh, we just know they, that they, they get little point and shoot. They mentioned Canon. They're Can, Canon oh, they point did. and shoots. Okay. Yeah, they did. Never mind. And what I was trying to watch too is I was trying to figure out what kind of well, I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself to say how they take the photos and then they print them during the show. Oh, yeah. They print yeah. Them. yeah. And I was trying to figure out like, oh, wow, they didn't even name the machine. They yes. went like, and, and using this year's Pixmacolor, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know. So it's it's such an interesting time capsule for portable printing technology at that time. Which, by the way, we still, you know, it's still relatively expensive to have that kind of um, object. Yeah. Um, or I should say accessory, tech tech accessory. Um, so I was also thinking about that. I was like, wow, the Canon EOS point and shoots and the little portable printer that is the size of a microwave. <laughs> I know. I'm just like, it's something that they probably picked up on on, on later episodes. We're just like, hmm, hmm, let's just kind of label everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
And okay, so let's go through the galleries. So the first gallery is the, of course, the Greek and Roma, Roman gallery, which is filled mostly with sculptural objects. And, um, you know, you can you can kind of picture this. Rami, who is drape all day, drape all night, drape for breakfast, drape for dinner, is moving the fastest I've ever seen him. Faster than the Hershey's chocolate five minute fiasco thing where they had to jump over each other to get any kind of like, you know, stuff for their unconventional challenge. I mean, Rami is just like, I own this place. This gallery is all about me. Oh my God. Like what is happening here? Why do I, but what's wonder, what's wonderful is that, um, so he goes like, Oh, the statue of Aphrodite. I'm obsessed. It's my obsession. This is just, you know, there's something about it. I just, you know, I'm, I'm obsessed with it. So I don't, you know, I, I, and I think we only touched on the other designers to talk about Rami, mostly Chris, who was like, well, of course, (laughs) who do you think is going to use the Greek and Roman sculpture gallery for inspiration? And, you know, of course it's Rami. Um, So wait, yeah. What do you have to say about that? (laughs) Oh, you know what? Um, I, I agreed with everything you said. I mean, yeah. And I believe that what, Rami said was, oh, I, when I looked at Aphrodite, it was a soulmate type of situation. Yes. And I felt like you didn't have to tell us that. No. We no. already know. Mm-hmm. So let's think about something else. But yeah. what I do, I, I actually meant to say this earlier, um, because we were talking about sculptural objects and, and this and that. And I would, I, I would love for our readers to know. Oh, actually, you know what? Um I'm sorry. Maybe what? you want to decide if you want to make a pause of this on the con on the. Um, no, I'm just going to say it. Um, <laughs> our our our, you know, amazing, you know, teacher and co-host and and I wanted to say this when you mentioned about the homework assignment. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. My, my brain is like blanking out. No, no, no. That's um, okay. So when you mentioned that you had a homework assignment with Nayland's class and you guys all went up to the Met, I just wanted to say that. Um, the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, they have this thing called the Artist Project, mm-hmm. where artists from the outside go in and they pick an object in the collection, and uh, then they talk about it. And our fave, <laughs> Nayland, is actually one of those artists. And there's an episode where, where you know, we can all jump on and, and, and hear Nayland talk about a piece from the Mets collection. So I, I just didn't want to forget. We're going to put that. it in the show notes. <laughs> so I, was, I also want to listen to that. <laughs> oh, okay. So I wasn't sure if you like had plans to talk about it. So I was like, oh, 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 no, uh, no, that's but, great to share. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause honestly I was I, going through this, like I had wonderful memories about that assignment because what I love about this challenge for the designers is even though they limit it to three and um, I, I, you know, I, it's neither here nor there. Of course, there might have been other restrictions about, of course, they can't just let them run loose over the whole entire thing. And also just time wise, they get two days for this challenge, by the way. But the end of this day is included in that one day. So or, or one of the two days, so they, you know, it's a, they're limited by um, by the amount of time, but um, but yeah, just there's so much there, and the expanse of it, and and how freeing it can be to just sort of spend so much time 
in such a huge place knowing that it's it's kind of okay that you can't really see all of it, uh, which is something else that I really enjoyed about that assignment because it took us places in that building that I've never been before or even never had imagined that I would have time to go in. So, you know, kind of like sharing those things. So, um, yeah, no, I'll, I'll put that in the show notes because I kind of love that. They're just all these amazing treasures in, in the Met. Yeah. And, and listeners, if you have any memories of the Met or if you have any stories to share about that, too, um, I don't know. It's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of great and, and lovely. And also we're still in the middle of this awful pandemic and um, in a phase of the lockdown where we have not been able to go inside places like this for a while. So that's also wrapped up in there. Warm feelings. Warm, warm. Okay. All right. So let's leave the Greek and Roman sculpture gallery. And we're going to go to the European painting gallery, um, where we learned that Christian Siriano loves European art, inspired by it, loves it, because don't you remember? He went to school in London. Yes. He he left high school, went to London for three years. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You know, like, you know, just studied with, you know, people like Alexander McQueen and Vivian Westwood and like, that's all, you know, like whatever. So, so he's got like a year, someone named Vivian Westwood and Alexander McQueen. Um, So he spent all the formative years of his post teens in, in London and really kind of fixates on a what he describes as a Spanish military style painting and um I believe we'll we'll figure out these things because we do get an idea of what they eventually settle on back in the workroom um but it seems as if they just kind of like roam around here and not a lot of time was spent in the European art wing before we go to the Temple of Dendor okay so then we walk to the Temple of Dendor um and it just, you know, the uh, yeah. So um, it, it's mostly people just talking about how crazy it is to be around in, in a, an Egyptian monument. <laughs> yeah. And also just the feeling of the place and how it's just so great to explore the Met essentially with just their crew. Um, but yeah, but nothing besides just the awe of it, which which is also really kind of wonderful. Sweepy took 238 pictures. That's that's also something that really stood out to me because I'm like, oh, yeah. man, digital, you know, just take all the pictures you want. But also, is that bad for Sweet Pea? Because I don't know. I feel like that's just setting herself up to be a little boggle, bogged down by choice. So yeah. we'll see. OK, well, we'll leave them at and it's back to the workroom where. They get an hour to sketch and then 30 and they'll get 30 minutes at mood and their budget for the day or for this challenge is $300. And this is where Tim confirms they get two days for this challenge. So here it is where we get to settle on like, okay, who did they, what piece of art did they choose? What are they going to use as their inspiration? La, 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 la. And did you write any of of this down? Um, Meaning about who... Who like the what, inspirations were? Yeah, because I was wondering if you're familiar with any of these artists, because most of the paintings they refer to, I'm like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> well, you know what? Um, yeah, this is actually where I wish I wish Nayland was here with us right now. Because <laughs> Nayland would know. Um, <laughs> because Nayland would know. But also, I can tell you that I did not know those 
those painters. But sometimes, um, I don't know, like sometimes certain, I, I hate to say, sound like, oh, minor painters, mm-hmm. but non, like the, the, the canon, the dominant canon of like European painters um, is what we are usually first taught. And mm-hmm. then there's like all these other names. And sometimes in museums you see portraits of people who were important, but the artist just never gained prominence. So I kind of felt like that's what I was looking at, which was fine, Mm -hmm. but definitely not anybody that I studied Hmm. in my like art history, like attempt. Yeah. When I say attempt, I mean like my classes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, same, Uh, which I thought was really interesting because they, uh, I would say the only designer who did not choose an inspiration from the European painting ring um, room was, you know, like by default, Rami. Um, and in, in talking about prominence, Chris March chose a portrait of um, an aristocratic woman uh, because he was very drawn to what she was wearing. And that seems to be essentially what a lot of them were doing. So Jillian Christian and Chris all chose um, inspirations from paintings of individuals or portraits. And Jillian chose, um, I believe it was the story of the Argonauts, which is a 1465 or a painting painted circa 1465, not really sure the date, uh, which was a scene rather than a portrait of, of yeah. a person. And then Christian chose, yeah, um, a portrait of a, a Spanish soldier and then um, what I love about Chris's <laughs> is that uh, I think the the portrait is of a Marie Françoise de la Côte de Saint-Abre Marquise d'Argence or something like that, uh, like a very, very, very long name. And um, and yeah, so and what he pointed out was just like, you know, I'm glad I walked into the painting or into the European painting ring wing and they were all wearing clothes. And so I chose the clothes that I liked looking at and I was like oh were you expecting for there to be a bunch of naked paintings a bunch of nudes in there (laughs) which I'm pretty sure there was like a whole section of nudes um but he chose (laughs) a painting with someone wearing clothes uh and very important looking clothes blah 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 so I have a question and I'm really asking yes out of ignorance I I thought the whole Hellenic wing was still part of the I mean it's not in the European wing but I think it's still European canon Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's in a different part. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember where it is. Yeah, it's completely separate. Um, So this this sculpture area is when you first enter the building, you go up the stairs and you make a left? Yes. That's where it is. Yeah. Like in that whole area, that's sort of where in in describing it inside, that's, you know, where it's gotten a lot more light. Um, and And I think it's distinctive because it's specifically sculptural pieces. In a way, yeah. So, so pottery, um, yeah, statues, um, and so yeah. So it's 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 different from. I'm I'm thinking that wing just coming from from memory. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Rami, of course, wants us all to know that he doesn't care what we think about him. He is not ashamed. He is not ashamed of draping, because you know who made him do it. Uh, Project Runway. It's Project Runway's fault. How could he not choose this? It called in to his, like, just the the chromosomal core of his 
fashion reason for living. So how could he walk into any other place and she's anything else? So you can't blame him. I'm sorry, I'm being so dramatic. But Rami was, you know, it's coming from Rami's energy. I think I'm just flowing off of that. The whole episode, and and we'll see it. We'll just kind (laughs) of come to it when we get there. Um, he, He knew. He was being very defensive. He's like, well, yeah, of course, of course. And I would love to know if the producers were just like, Rami, really? Drapery? He's like, you guys made me do it. You know who I am. I'm the king of drape. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like nobody just because you're making a choice here, Rami. Nobody's making a choice for you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I really felt like, oh, God. Yes. Like you said, defensive. Beginning from a defensive standpoint was yes difficult. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, because we do get to go to mood. It's very, very brief, so I didn't really touch much on it in my notes. It's just that. Um, so I don't know if you had anything to say about how they're choosing stuff. Um, At mood. Yeah. So I know. Well, what did they do? Yeah, they took. I think the only thing that really stood out to me was. For instance, like Sweet Pea, we know that she chose to, um, uh, t- she chose a a painting that's of a peacock, and mm. she found a really colorful fabric that looks like peacock feathers, and that's what she's essentially going to use. It also looked kind of heavy to me. Um, I don't, I couldn't tell what kind of fabric it was, and then Christian, who needed a million yards of cotton and a trillion yards of organza for whatever he was making and um and we didn't get to really see what um the other designers really or we didn't really you know focus on them that much but all that being said uh we get back into the workroom and they get seven hours i saw the clock they didn't start working on their garments until 5 p.m which really sucks because the day started off fairly early at the Met, like running to the Met after the, you get to choose your models and then going back to move. I mean, going back to Parsons and then going to move, blah, blah, blah. It just, it just seemed really exhausting. Um, but by this time, they're all pretty used to this schedule and it seems as if they're doing okay. Um, and then we get to Rami, who again, all right. Set us up for failure, Rami. Rami goes around and, well, in his talking head, observes that everyone else seems to be a little nervous because, you know, they're, um, this is the last official challenge before they determine who goes to Fashion Week. And he's observing mostly, I would say, Christian and Chris. And he says something that's really amazing. He goes, you know what? You can tell everyone is just really in their heads and they're not starting off from a very, uh, you know, firm foundation like me because I'm draping. But you see those people over there in that corner, they're just adding shit to every single part of the garment, looking and making it uglier and uglier. I'm just like, wow, that's interesting. It's like, I'm not here to make noise. I'm here to make beautiful work. And it's like, wow. So so last week and the avant-garde week with you just adding on pieces of shit and ugliness as a way of, you know working out your nervousness and you don't see that you're not aware of how you're projecting on to them that you're observing what you did (laughs) last week um okay all right Rami okay 
Um, because, you know, one of the one of the things that we can see in the workroom is that Christian Siriano, I think by maybe hour five, has made like 15 pieces already, which I think adds to everyone else's nervousness. And, uh, and and perhaps this is also something that Rami is looking at, too. It's like, you know, you just can't keep adding things on top of things on top of things. And Christian is someone who is trying on his clothes, uh, you know, traipsing around the workroom. Just, you know, I can't really imagine what that would feel like. I think I would be kind of pissed, actually. If I were frustrated <laughs> and trying to focus and really nervous and then you have Christian Siriano over here who's already made everything and yeah. it's just yeah oh, that's gotta that's thing. gotta be like completely distracting and I think that Rami was just so resentful yeah yeah but you There's know what, Rami? somebody else's creativity creativity and productivity yeah yeah <laughs> and someone else who's also over it is Jillian <laughs> Jillian's really over it as well um, because, uh, you know, everyone's on edge and I'm pretty sure they're used to kind of joking and maybe ragging on each other a little bit. And um, Christian goes a little bit too far. And then Jillian is like, look, you little pipsqueak, leave me alone. Mind your own business. This is so bad. Mind your own business. Let me just make what I'm making and then get over there. And then Christian's like, ew, don't get snappy or whatever he says. It's just like, it's. Just, oh, he said, bitch. he said bitchy. Oh, yeah. Don't get ew. bitchy with me. Ew. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Christian. Oh, my goodness. Like, that's his response to someone actually establishing, like, a good sense of a boundary around his comments, which mm-hmm. were completely unnecessary innocuous exactly (laughs) yeah but you know what this is the part where i'm like he's 21 christian is 21 and is invested a lot in learning a craft Mm -hmm. and like any 21 year old well or most 21 year olds i should say not all but most 21 year olds hasn't spent time yet to learn about their internal person a little bit (laughs) yes yeah yeah so I, I i think like this is just what we're seeing and i'm not saying i like it i was like this is insufferable i know but and i mean but and... i also don't take it too, no, too seriously no, yeah. just i don't take it too seriously but i yeah. felt bad for jillian i'm like oh god she's working so hard and i thought she handled it great and you know what i was like huh maybe i do like jillian <laughs> i love jillian jillian's my favorite and i was gonna i was actually gonna touch on that because she is you know she can handle anyone in that room she handles rami yes. she handles uh you know sweet pea later on because sweet pea tries to get her opinion on like oh my god the neckline like sweet pea's doing her really in this neurotic just freak out indecisiveness she's like oh my gosh like jillian can you come over here and look at this and please and jillian goes well sweet pea i feel like in at this level of competition uh, you need to decide. You need to come up with this decision. And it was just like, it was yeah. just very firm. She came over and yeah. was like, what's your question? That? No, 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 no. That's up to you. This is final five time. Right. <laughs> but right. it wasn't rude. That it was just a- like firm and like, no. okay, this is up for you, so sweetie. So smart. Yeah, and really smart. I-, I remember the first time I watched this, I thought Jillian was going to be the winner. Hmm. 
Like, I really did think Jillian. Um, I, I like Jillian, actually. I don't dislike her, by the way. I really yeah, don't yeah. dislike her yeah. at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, and I will point out that what preceded the fight or the little, like, snip-snip between Jillian and Christian was that Jillian was very, very diligently uh, ironing something out because Jillian's making a badass coat. So I don't know what really goes into that construction, but I do know that depending on the fabric, like, well, for all of it, ironing is, is super important. But Christian was like, oh my God, like Jillian's been ironing that same thing for three hours. She's been ironing for three hours. Like she probably has. that your business? Yeah, but yeah, exactly. And like, and if she has, you know, so what? The jacket needs to be perfect. Iron that thing. (laughs) Iron that thing for five hours if you want to. Um, I just thought like, who, who is Christian to comment on somebody else paying attention to details? I know, exactly. Just because you're dealing with, like, <laughs> these organza pieces and you're going to use your whole... Like, you've done your 15 organza pieces or cotton pieces on day one with only seven hours to, to do the work. And you're going to spend the next 12-hour day just doing all the ironing stuff. So Jillian's just doing it now. Process. It's just a different process. Um, yeah. All right. So ready for day two? Yes. Yes. So day two, um, we kind of start off with Tim coming in with the models. And um, so it's time for them to get fitted. And I believe this is, oh, shoot. I hope this is the, the, the right timeline because I did write day two on here. And I'm hoping this is actually day two. So everyone comes in. But the only problem is that Sweet Peas model Lee, who is so high fashion, is not here because of a family emergency. So this is sort of adding to the uh, the di- not the dilemma, the drama of that is sweet peas every moment, from yeah. moment to moment. If there's nothing to worry about that is within her control, here's something to worry about that is out of her control. Um, so while everyone else is, is fitting their, their models, we have Rami who is like drape, 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 and, you know, kind of doing, um, well, you know, circling around this model, just kind of finally finalizing up, I guess what perhaps the dress's shape will be. Um, and then, (laughs) and then we have Chris, Chris March unconsciously repeating himself. (laughs) So we get to actually see sort of what um, what Chris's garment starting to look like. And it kind of, I don't really understand what the kind of fabric he's using. It looks like duck canvas, but it's not. It's a very tan beige uh, fabric that's, that's heavy-ish, probably some, you know, heavy-weighted cotton, perhaps. But the most ornamental part of this is this asymmetrical collar that's rising up that looks very very similar to the avant-garde piece Chris made with Christian not too long ago and um, I think everyone notices except for Chris which Mm -hmm. is really interesting to me Um, but he loves it like he really really loves it and what he's doing I think in his head is I'm doing a modern interpretation of this painting and we can also talk about no, go ahead. No, I'm just wondering. He was. I just. I. I just wonder if he was attracted to that painting because it looks like something he already made. 
this is precisely my question to you is mm-hmm. like, do you think what he made resembled a painting? Because I don't see it. I don't see it either. I I do think there was, and I also don't think it's particularly modernizing what was in the painting either. Um, so if you can imagine it, the most of the dress, so the bodice and the skirt, and there's like a little tie around it. It almost looks like he's basically done. He just has to hem it. There's a lot of length on the skirt. It's all one color, and um, I don't I don't have the image of the painting, but like. Do you remember what the painting, the original painting looked like that inspired Chris? Well, um, I, you know what? I, I'm looking at it now because mm-hmm. I pulled it up um, to see what, for a conversation. I don't, I didn't research any of the paintings aside from just like looking up their names mm-hmm. and, and just seeing the paintings close. I wanted to see the painting, more of the paintings and they let us see on the episode. Um, I, I don't even know. I don't get it at all. I guess the only resemblance is that there is a, diagonal piece of fabric but it goes across her torso it does not go above her shoulder even one of her shoulders um do you want me to send you the, the url oh i can well, do that no no it's okay i'm it. looking it up now because i just i just copied and pasted it from my <laughs> from my notes to look at it but oh, okay. um yeah no okay so okay so yeah yeah no i see it um because it there's like that gigantic bow and depending on what version you're looking at it, it's blue. And then the dress is like a, oh, like a beige color or, you know, I guess taupe. you can interpret it. Okay, however, would you, say taupe? would you say taupe? Okay. Yeah. Some, some like form of light know, that's, brown think... or off white. It's right? a lot of beige on beige on beige with gray. Yeah. And what's interesting you know, is and then like a coral. Cheek. Yeah. And, and so essentially what Chris is trying to do is take that gigantic bow looking thing from the neckline and flip it, <laughs> flip it up top. Which I don't understand, which I really don't understand because so much of the gesture of this is taking a big piece of something and wrapping it in front of you. Like to yes. me, that's the gesture of the garment. It's like, I'm wearing this thing. So the, 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 the portrait is set outdoors um, and actually... I, I didn't know about this painting, so I'm just reading from what the Met website has as its description, is the trees in the background. The trees with some leafless branches are unusual for a portrait in this relatively small format, mm-hmm. right? So leafless trees in the background, right? Which is actually, I looked up at the painter and, and other paintings by the same painter, and that seems to be something that either he did a lot, or that, either, that the painter did a lot, or that the Met purchased a lot of. Um, but you have someone outside with this big frumpy, you know, I say frumpy, but, um, what's the word? There's, it, it's it, kind it's of crinkly. A, yeah. It's not exactly, it's a very formal dress, a noble woman's dress, mm-hmm. but this thing on top, it's almost like it's something that she was wearing to stay warm outdoors or something that she was wearing. Maybe it's like a, something that could have been maybe a cape that mm-hmm. fell off, that uh, n- but it's something that is not exactly formal and it's very crinkly. So it's not a super fancy material. And so I thought to go from that to what Chris made was confusing to me. Yeah. Um, again, the gesture was missing the gesture of like tying this not fancy, not precious fabric, like around your torso for whatever reason. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then, and we'll see, we'll, we can actually like tie it more in once we get to the, the runway because it kind of like actually conjured up some thoughts that I didn't even notice. Oh. So yeah. Okay. okay. Um, but yeah, no, but we can still talk about it now as we go, but yeah. So it's, it's, um, yeah, mostly time with, with the models and, um, and here they're also, um, it's also time to get like a consultation with Collier Shore um, because guess what? No, it's... no, no, Wait, no, did, no, I, no. did I miss Not it? Collier. Collier, is the photo- Collier is the photographer. Oh my God, Collier Strong. Um, oh my God, what am I talking Collier Strong Collier Shore Strong. is a That's photographer, right. yes. Oh my God, Collier Strong. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, you know, surprise, surprise, it's now the L'Oreal Paris Challenge. I don't know if you noticed that, but um, they kind of like, slipped it on in there but we didn't get that at the top of the episode that this is an official l'oreal paris challenge we don't know really what that means i don't think there is a prize but that means that they get a special extra day with um collier strong who is the consulting makeup artist for for l'oreal paris in the show um and yeah, and then we have like this time where they go in. Same thing with hair for avant-garde. We're doing this with makeup for this other art-related um, challenge. So I don't know. Anything that you wanted to touch on in this section? Anything oh my gosh, aside exciting? From, aside from Chris being punished for napping. Oh, no, 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 no. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, I just mean, I just meant with this time with the models and with Collier collier no 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 no. yes uh because that is that is the um because okay so we're back in the workroom after the consultation and you were saying patricia so chris is done (laughs) and that means that it's time to take a rest (laughs) so chris um i don't think i think we've only seen chris nap on that couch so adorable adorably after he got eliminated and then got brought back onto the show and then has to pull an all-nighter to make up for the challenge um and then all the designers walked in on him asleep on the couch <laughs> and now so he knows how amazingly comfortable that couch is because he's been there before so <laughs> it's like so it's it's so yeah it's great so so chris goes and and takes a nap and here we have christian talking about it because Christian sees everything and goes, are you joking me? It's the last challenge. I'm finished too, but do you see me? I'm touching up stuff. I'm snipping things there. I'm perfecting everything, uh, which I actually kind of agree with. I don't think that I would ever have been able to relate to sleeping on the last challenge. To me, it felt like, oh, Chris, um, is this sort of like a like like this unconscious part of you kind of giving up <laughs> because he looked at the the dress and i think what's similar between chris and christian is that they both had a really strong idea of what they wanted to do and chris finished it felt good about it and it's like you know why not which i can also relate to because i'm i'm like i'm sorry they spent all day on their feet the day before and this is day 2 it's like yeah you know, i can imagine you being really really tired but also oh my god it's just nerve-wracking to see that the 
day before the very last runway, the runway to determine who goes to Fashion Week, don't you want to make sure that it is absolutely perfect? Yeah. I mean, I I don't think I would be sleeping, but I think if I were that stressed, I would be sleeping. I also Hmm. think, I don't know. I think that there should be a Bravo channel dedicated to just video clips of Chris sleeping like eight hours a day or, or more because I think he is adorable. So, oh my God. So cute. What a cutie. What a cutie. So cute. And then the music I love because when you say, okay, so do you want to describe this with Tim coming in? Oh my gosh. That was like, he's, I can't believe somebody thought that was good TV too. It was like, you are stressed, you are sleeping and you get woken up by Tim gun because like telling you you're not done and the music's like <laughs> doo, 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 doo. it's like the lounge like doo, 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 doo. tim comes into the workroom is like where's chris where is chris and then everyone's like um he's uh done and he's gone to bed and then tim goes like no that can't be that can't be chris <laughs> so he leaves and goes gets chris because he knows where chris is in the lounge and Chris is snoring soundly on the couch. And uh, I wrote down the dialogue because I thought it was just so, oh. it was so adorable. So um, Tim is like, Chris? And it's just, <sighs> Chris? <laughs> yes. Chris, why aren't you in the workroom? Because I'm finished. <laughs> you are not finished. You can't be. Why can't I be? Is it wowable, Chris? Yes, it is. Well, okay, c- come and show me. Um, uh, make I want to believe. Prove it to me. It's like sure, sure. I just love how like how soundly like Chris was snoring deep, deep, deep sleep, and Tim comes in and like Chris, yes, yes, like just like instantly <laughs> kind of like awake, and of course he, he's like kind of groggy getting up. But how dare Tim make him the first crit? <laughs> Oh my gosh! I just, I just—it's just so adorable. Anyway, um, anyway, that was great. Please, please do more reenactments <laughs> of dialogue on the show. <laughs> it only works since their voices sound so differently, which is great because it's like Chris, yes, <laughs> yes, Tim. So, anyway, so they head to the workroom, and Chris starts his job of, of uh, making Tim into a believer, and it's already kind of like cringe because. I mean, even from our vantage point, it doesn't look finished. It, it It's not like up to snuff. And Chris is like, so here she is. And Tim instantly is like, Chris, it's not refined enough. Can you do something to it? And, you know, as we've already described, like, you know, to no end that this outfit is basically beige. You know, it's a beige dress with a with an ad like an adornment around the neck that I also was surprised that Tim didn't even bring that up. How the the neck part was familiar, but mm-hmm. he mostly focused on the the dress and that it's just not it's not good enough. Um, but Chris is like, you know what, Tim. I wouldn't add a thing to it. And Tim's like, are you sure? Yep. It's like, all right, own it. I'm worried. And, you know, and that's it with, with Tim. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that was, that's like that interaction there. 
because then we go on, you know, the opposite spectrum is Christian. So I think we haven't, I don't know, like I, the interaction between Christian and, and Tim was pretty much okay. And, and Tim loves I, uh, like a piece of the outfit, but definitely calls out <laughs> how um, there might be too much going on because he's made by this time 18 pieces, you know, like maybe just add on three more things on top of things. Um, so he's pulling, so Christian is pulling a Rami, but in a way that kind of is way better. <laughs> But but maybe like too much adornment um, because there's there's this like piece on the mannequin that to me looks like just a neck and shoulder tube thing that they point out. It's like, OK, so what is that? And he's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Like this is just like a thing that I think that couldn't go over the blouse. And Tim's like, so where would you wear this organza neck shoulder tube? It's like, oh, my God, I think evening evening. Yeah. I mean, come on, like evening. And Tim's just like, you need to edit edit this you have <laughs> you're 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 making so many things you're running circles and creating like a whole uh you know uniform set for an army of people like you're making this for one person so he just kind of like tries to pull him back a little bit and then we go to yeah. sweet pea or do you have anything else to say about christian no he did say that he was thinking, oh, I always think about formulating my outfits as things that people can wear as separates. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which I thought, oh, he was thinking about that at this time. You know, which I thought, wow, you were you were just insufferable five minutes ago to, you know, you just called somebody smart, you know, bitchy, yeah. thanks. But then you're thinking about this, you know. Um, sorry, I don't mean to sound so judgmental. No. What I mean is that it is interesting to... to for him to put high fashion together in that way is a very editorial way of thinking. And I guess hmm. he knows Nina is in the room, in the judging room. So he's already thinking about that. Yeah. I think Which that's is interesting. Really smart. Really smart. Yeah. Cause I think he ends up uh, not including the, the neck shoulder tube. Um, they're just actually, I feel like four layers of things that he made for just the torso part of the body <laughs> but even but yeah but thinking about like yeah if you want to take off all of that stuff on the runway then you're left with this neck tube that uh the christian has designed for a uh, date night <laughs> or something yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's a very elegant bib you know you can go and eat right. lobster with it but yeah have you know you don't need to use the restaurant's lobster bib you already have a custom siriano black organza bib well, it's for when 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 the Metropolitan um, when the Met Gala happens at Red Lobster, you're ready to go. So <laughs> they're not able to open. It's like, yeah, let's fit them into a Red Lobster. That would be amazing. Oh, how avant garde would that be? Oh, I would love to see the like the, the exactly. contortions that they would make to justify going to a Red Lobster. It's like the best food you've ever had. Anyway, cheddar right? cheese biscuits are great. Um, all right. So next we have Sweet Pea and it's a peacock and she, you know, shows the fabric and Tim is mostly concerned about how commercial it looks. 
So he uses the word exuberance. It's like, it needs to be more mm, exuberant. Um, but yeah, any, any thoughts about this, this one here? I mean, to be honest, uh, not to be honest, like that's a new thing, but it's just, <laughs> it's just very frustrating to, for me to see Sweet Pea in this part of the show, because mm-hmm. it's just, a, to me, another beach dress. Yeah. And that's what I keep seeing from Sweet Pea. That's why I'm like, oh my God, another A-line beach, when I say beach dress, I mean things that people would wear to a casual setting or to, um, nothing really memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of me is like, I know she's better than that. Like she's here because she's capable of mm-hmm. thinking better than that. But for some reason, all the pressure, whatever, for whatever reason, uh, the pressures the you know, hanging out with Christian too long, who's judging everybody. Like she's holding back a lot. It seems like she's mm-hmm. just holding back a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's really, because she has most of the dress ready, I would say the the frame of the dress, you know, without the lining or any of the other stuff to add on later, perhaps. But, you know, the neckline is pretty normal. It's sleeveless. Um, and, I, you know, the most exuberant thing about it is that beautiful print that she found. Um, so, I mean, well, nothing really changes that much. So we'll, so we'll see it on the runway. So it's on the cheat sheet. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> as is. Um, okay. And then next Tim goes to Jillian and this is such a matter of fact, back and forth. I I don't know if Tim even said anything. She was just like, okay, this is what I got to do next. And this is what I have to do after that. And then this is what I have on the docket. I don't know what's happening to the skirt. I'm really worried about Mm -hmm. my own time. And she's pretty much like in Tim's head. He's like, I'm worried about your time. Like you don't have to tell Jillian that she's like, I'm always worried about my time. I'm, right. I'm the worst with time management here. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. What about this one? I thought it was really good. I thought it was a good interaction between them. Yeah. I really, yeah. I was also just very excited because we don't, it's hard to see this on the runway. Um, you'll see it if you can, you know, rewind it to, okay, where am I? Maybe I'll give a timestamp. Okay. So night. Around 20 minutes, like exact, like 20 minutes and two seconds. Jillian has the coat on her mannequin and she tells Tim that she has to finish the cutouts on the back, but you can see where she started the cutouts on the shoulder. And it's so detailed. I have no idea. She must have done all that by hand, but it's it's almost like she's made, let's say the coat is made out of wool. She's hand cut out these, um, the shoulder so that it looks like it's, mesh like it's wool mesh or something and it's so great because you know she's working with a lot of gold piping around the details and she's got a gold uh dress that she's designing to go underneath the coat but that coat oh it looks amazing and I just I yeah it's hard to see on the runway and I and I only noticed it in the workroom so I'm just like she did so much work on that coat is it's crazy yeah 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 and it shows it's so good and then the same cutouts are on the back. Like we'll 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 sort of like talk about it later during the runway. But the shoulders are just wonderful. Um, and Tim has nothing to say. It looks good. Yeah. So, all right. Next, but certainly not least, is is Rami. 
Oh, God. Okay, so Rami's next. And this is where Tim does notice a repeat. Tim didn't notice Chris's repeat, but Tim notices Rami's repeat. And I think the way he approached it was very diplomatic. You know, a wonderful way of of educating by starting with the positive and then ending with some of the constructive criticism just to kind of call into light some concerns. And he's like, Rami, this is this is stunning. Uh, But I just am concerned. I want to let you know that Nina doesn't want to say the next time you show up on the runway is that I've seen this look before. Yeah. And it's the beginning or not the beginning. It's a continuation of the Rami going, but you all made me, you made me do this. How can you blame me for anything? Because look at me, I'm drape. You guys Walk me through the Roman Greek wing. And I I took that as drape bait. Like you guys baited me into this. So you can't blame me for doing like, I only want to do this. And Tim's like, okay, we'll just make it fresh. You know, like what else can yeah. you say to Rami? You can't, you can't say anything else. I don't know. I don't understand why he's like sticking to this this idea but you know what's really frustrating too and i think it's shortly after this we get a little talking head uh, by rami about like i'm going to be true to myself Mm. and i'm like well nobody's uh, you know that's always going to be something you should be thinking about but that doesn't mean repetition and i think that unfortunately rami and other contestants and you know what lots of artists do this too They, Mm -hmm. they they think about um being true to oneself as being synonymous with repetition. If I just keep repeating what I do, quote, quote, what I do, then that's my style. Then that's my thing. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you're supposed to evolve what you do while being true to yourself. Like this is not, um, yeah. like that's the task. So it's really frustrating to see Rami be so headstrong. And I think even in the beginning of the episode, we have this, oh, I've wanted to be a designer since I was five well, have you wanted to be the same kind of designer? Mm-hmm. Like, what was that evolution like? Like, so it seems like Rami is really good at making excuses for himself to stay in a corner. And that's, yeah. that's not a- easy to see. It's like not fun to see. It's not productive. It, it's like frustrating to see. Yeah, because I, and that's another thing. I, it, I think it's the same with Ricky and, yeah. um, yeah. Is it just Ricky? Ricky, and I'm thinking of other designers in the Project Runway uh, canon. Uh, if you guys remember from the very first season, I don't remember his name, but he was eliminated, I think, in the second episode. The first episode was like, you know, famously um, uh, Daniel. Uh, oh, gosh, I, you guys don't remember his name. But remember the guy who was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to wrap it around. Oh, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm quoting someone from episode, from season one. It's like, I'm just going to wrap this around, like tie it and just be done with it. I'm going to be true to myself. And I feel like there's a lot of fear when you start. Well, well, from this person, I think there was, was a lot of fear. And I think for Rami, there's fear, but there's also this failure to recognize um, that you need to take responsibility for your decisions because it's kind of like, I want to be true yeah. to myself. I'm like, well, okay, sure. But acknowledge, can you acknowledge that what you're doing is the same thing? And the fear comes from perhaps 
you know, would love to get inside his brain, maybe not believing that you can do anything different. And like those other episodes, like those challenges where he really struggled with it and just like put a bunch of that, like flotsam and jetsam on stuff like that is, you know, that is Romney. That's Rami um, just like, like basically vomiting all of his insecurities onto something because he just doesn't really know what else to do. And so, of course, it's it's um, your uh, your prerogative to choose whatever wing you want to choose. And no one's knocking you for that. It's just that, do you understand that there is a different way of doing it um, and that there is a way for you to challenge yourself? I don't know. It's just like, mostly, it just felt mostly yeah. like fear and, and the defensiveness comes from the fear and, and him being like un, unable to, to, to move or to, yeah. I think I'm saying what you yeah. just said. <laughs> I don't know. So. And I'm also in agreement, but I think it's true that there's also... To me, it sounds like you're pointing to this deep, deep denial of, yeah. of what he's even doing. It's like, yeah, just yeah. in denial of what they're doing, which is difficult to watch. Yeah, it's really hard because, um, and it's confusing too, because it's not as if he's bad at it. And that's, that's, that's what Tim is saying. It's like, it's beautiful, but mm. we've, we've seen it before. And, and those things aren't mutually right. ex- exclusive. You know, you can, it can be exactly. beautiful and normal. It can be gorgeous and boring. It doesn't have to, it's not like I'm t- saying that you're not good at what you do. I'm affirming you and your skill. And also mm-hmm. what else? So, yeah. Um, so, so let's move on because Tim Tim leaves with just two hours left in the day. But what actually ends up happening is that Sweet Pea, um, Sweet Pea's model Lee comes in really, really late. So um, she ends up making it in before the end of the day to come and do her fitting um, because I, you know, it was just sort of didn't realize that she hadn't, she still hadn't come in. Um, but I thought it was really, really, really wonderful. Um, this is what I like the most about Sweet Pea is that she's very patient and not one of those designers who's like, oh my gosh, this is ruining. Give me another model. You know, like, no, yeah. she just comes in and asks, like, are you okay? Um, is everything yeah. all right? Because I just oh. thought, what a true pro for Lee to come in at like midnight <laughs> for fitting. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So ready for the next morning? Yes. All right. So it is the day of the last runway and we open up in the Gotham city apartments and Christian Siriano is making sure that his hair looks the fiercest it's ever been. Um, he's wielding <laughs> that flat iron. Like he, it, like his life, like his hair life depends on it. He's like, Oh my God, I have to look extra fierce today. This is the last one. like, Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, like if he could like, continues i don't know it's just weird like you have so much energy i wonder if he's still like that it's like just so much energy i know i know i don't think i was like that when i was 21 ever i don't think i've ever had this much energy (laughs) it's just like go 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 um all right so let's get back in the in the workroom before the runway for this last minute stuff because people are still not done so you know sweepy and Jillian are definitely not finished. I think everyone else pretty much is on a on a um, on a good trajectory. And let's see here. Yeah, the models come in. Um, 
And essentially the only real drama is, of course, is like, will Sweet Pea finish her dress in time for for Lee? Um, what I love about this, I don't know if you noticed this, but in the sewing room, because Lee is just sitting next to Sweet Pea as she's sewing on the sewing machine. And Lee starts waving her arms around. And she's like, I'm doing this arm wavy thing. And conjuring up winds of good vibes and she just whoosh like pushes it at sweepy and sweepy's like oh my gosh thank you more good vibes please more arm waving good vibes and i just i don't know i just like that that is hilarious (laughs) um chris is feeling kind of fatalistic about it so you know they're getting everyone's feelings about what are you how do you how are you feeling about this being the last runway and chris who finished yesterday and Feels no sense of urgency to do anything to it. It's just like, well, you know, it is what it is. You know, I've done all the, the things that I want to do. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't like it, they don't like it. So as opposed to Christian Siriano, who's like, snip, 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 iron, iron. Oh, my God. Flat iron, flat iron, snip, snip. There, there. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Jillian... <laughs> Uh, kind of barks a little bit at her model because she's trying to freehand cut a hem. <laughs> Nearly fries her model's legs with a steamer. <laughs> it's just, it's just kind of like like a, a a bit of a mess towards the end, but also okay because I feel as if the hem is off by maybe like a degree or something it's it's really really hard to see what Jillian is looking at she basically cut that thing straight and it's just but she's pulling her hair out over it um either way it's just man it is just stress and worry to the end all right so ready to get to the runway yes yay okay so listeners here's where you can pull up the cheat sheet and it's in the show notes and this week, everything is in runway order. All right. Thank so, you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, um, oh, and, and the background for the cheat sheet is of the the cloisters, which is the portion of the Met that's oh, up that's in uh, at the top of Manhattan in Inwood. Anyway, I just thought it was a really nice little background there. All right. So... We head to the runway and we have our, our normies. So Heidi comes out wearing like a really interesting black outfit, I thought. Um, and then she introduces our normal people, Michael Kors, uh, Nina Garcia. And then our guest judge is Roberto Cavalli. Yeah, I don't know. Roberto Cavalli, I think... That name, I mean, I, I I recognize his name as a designer, but um, he's also affiliated with someone very famous on Bravo, either a housewife or Rachel Zoe. I can't remember if anyone listening knows this, but there is, I think there is a housewife who <laughs> Roberto Cavalli dresses uh, exclusively or she exclusively wears Roberto Cavalli. And it's like... It's on it's on the tip of my tongue. It's been bothering me for a couple of days. But it, yeah, if anyone knows who I'm talking about, then then please, please let me know. Um, all right. So let's get into this. So the first designer who's up is Chris on his model, Marcia. All right. 
So from the photograph on the cheat sheet, I feel like it looks a lot better because I kind of like the way Chris styled her hair as well. <laughs> There's just, I, I, I kind of really liked it, but I thought it was so interesting that he's trying to modernize this, this painting um, from the 1600s, 1500s. And it's still very retro. It's like he only like modernized it up until like a certain point. 1971. <laughs> yes. Yes. It still feels kind of historical in a way. <laughs> But um, but yeah, like we we talked a lot about it, and the thing that you what you pointed out that I that made me think about this is that reinterpretation of the bow around the shoulder. But then he also still put a sash and and made a bow. But it really is just a simple tie, not very styled. Um, but that part is kind of. I, I'm wondering if it if, if it is referential at, at all. And then the crinkliness that you called out of the actual front protruding part of the on the painting is in that shoulder piece. So in the photograph, it looks a little bit less like the avant-garde piece, but still too much. It's still too similar. But I think it actually I actually do I don't mind it. But I think the photograph is really helping it a lot. <laughs> What did you think? I think I, I think uh, the same. I think the photograph makes this dress look so much more, um, what word should I use? Kind of so much more thought out mm-hmm. than I think it actually was. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's because like, Chris maybe was a little too trusting of his ability to give drama, hmm. um, but maybe should have thought a little bit more on how to give drama a little bit differently than what we've seen him do. And, and maybe also think about what kind of drama would mm-hmm. translate, like what would be drama today? Like if someone has something, if, if someone, okay, just going from the painting and the inspiration of the painting, yeah. if an upper, an upper cast light skinned person with rosy cheeks mm-hmm. <laughs> is going to do something out of doors you know, in, in some kind of like nobleman clothing, uh-huh. right? What what would be the big modernization there? Like, what would be the big thing there, right? Yeah. What casual thing could be put on top of that to just throw everything else into question? Hmm. So, yeah, I think Chris probably didn't give himself time to think that through. Because I think Chris is most concerned with, okay, I got to do something I can manage and actually finish it. Yeah. And then he did. Yeah. You know? That's a, that's an interesting point. Because I, because who, I, I, can't, I don't remember exactly, maybe it was last week or the week before when Chris went off on Jillian. Because Jillian's like, oh, I'm so tired of making this jacket and bleeding. Mm. <laughs> everywhere and he goes well Jillian you just gave yourself too much to do yet again when are you going to learn your lesson like I that I think he is very very conscious about doing something within the time allotted and such a great point because he's yeah he is very good at the drama he's used to it he does it all the time and so that makes a lot more sense in thinking about how this can be both dramatic and boring (laughs) the same time in a a weird way but it's only boring because we've seen it from him before so yeah yeah yeah. he could have really just done anything 
anything. All you have to do is reference, okay, like my little um, tagline for this episode, it's just about artwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? He could have done anything. He could have, like, he could have put her in a pool. He could have been like, okay, I'm going to imagine this noble woman in a Beverly Hills pool. Yeah. You know? Y- like, y- you anything. Know- yeah, I, I totally agree. And and okay, because there's another because we, we can also talk we can talk about Christians as well. We can actually talk about all of them in that sense because in thinking about how no one was directly inspired by or reference a little bit the Temple of Dendor. Um it's the oh. only place they went where there was nothing figurative and the only place where it didn't seem to be anything that um, was referential to any part of it not even like a and it's, it's, and it's kind of like if you're if you are in a in a place that doesn't have clothes you know for Chris it's like mm, the pennies had clothes in them then it is <laughs> it is about it, it is just about art so reference something else Wait, what's the feeling that that you want to conjure something that's a little bit more emotional or abstract and not so um, one-to-one because I think that's the other thing that was I think was boring in terms of an interpretation from Chris and Christian because they yes. both looked at these paintings and were like I'm gonna make that but update it and Christian did it too Christian did it too but it's a lot more interesting to look at because um, it it is exuberant and it's wacky and he's doing great fashion with it and with the the volume and with like you know I don't know what he's playing with with uh, how it's fitted in certain places um, I you know and you know better than I do but I, I think this is something that's traditionally done in fashion where you do and it, we do it in in, um, in visual art as well where you reference something oh um <laughs> sorry that's my keyboard going crazy but where you reference something that's art historical and you want to bring it into today or put your own little um, stamp on it um, yeah like uh, yeah like your interpretation of it and I just think that Christian and Chris were working from the same corner and Christian just, just did it more interestingly well but I, I knock him as well for, for doing that and wish that someone said oh yeah yeah I was inspired by the the, the lamps or the light fixtures or even the shape of the room that holds the temple of Dundor. I don't know, something, something maybe about the architecture or just yeah. the feeling of being free in the Met by yourself. The ec- I don't know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a very abstract artist. So that's also my bias as well. So. I totally agree with you. They all went very one-to-one with their inspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, Oh God, I hate to say this, but I think <laughs> Rami is the only, Rami is the only one who actually, um, went with movement. That's why I think Rami is enamored with draping because mm-hmm. I think he sees it, sees it as a vehicle to encapsulate his love of movement, you know, or something like that. So <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't mean to make fun of him. Um, no, just, it's fine. Yeah. I, I just so, like this love of movement. It's like, oh, love. Love, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this whole like thing. So, and I was also really surprised, like, wow, nobody picked any depictions of of any human figures after like 1770 anywhere in the yes. world. Yeah. Things like 
1,500, 1,600. So, yeah. and I know that in that room, they rotate those paintings from time to time, or some of those paintings. Mm-hmm. So you do have, you, they they would have seen a Titian, right? Mm-hmm. They would have seen something older than that, and they would have seen something newer than that. In fact, when you first walk up the stairs into that European painting room, I believe there used to be a Vigée Le Brun, like the court painter of Marie Antoinette, mm-hmm. which is a female painter, which shows someone much later than that, mm-hmm. right? Um, nobody picked any of those. <laughs> and by the way, that, that, that Vigée Le Brun was there at this time. Like I remember seeing it in 1995, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I'm sorry. It's not Vigée Le Brun. It's somebody else. <gasps> I'm, I'm going to try to find the name of that painter because now it's going to make me crazy. But all that to say, I am in agreement with you. Yeah. I'm absolutely in agreement with you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and so with Christian, I thought it walked, actually, I think Christian's piece walked better than it photographed. I think the, what we see here is perhaps Christian actually did put all five things that he made for his model's torso on top of her. But what's really lovely about it is that there is this contrast between this like huge upper body and then like a more refined and and tailored bottom piece. Um, And even with the shoes and, and then we have this amazing, is that a fedora? <laughs> like, I think what I call, the heck was that? I think I call all these hats fedoras, and they aren't actually fedoras. Anyway, um, I think she is wearing um, a a black fedora hat. I love that it almost completely covers up the top of her face, you know, um, and that it is almost too much. But I wish that we'd seen a little bit more of the blouse that Tim really, really enjoyed, and the blouse is this bouffon like just this these huge billowy um uh sleeves that are just really really just quite beautiful and i think very to me i'm impressed that she doesn't look like a pirate oh my god thank you so much so here's the thing i absolutely thought it was very like Pirates of the Caribbean. And I was like, what the heck is he thinking? Is he? And then, of course, Chris, Christian leads mm-hmm. with that whole, oh, I wanted to play with masculine and feminine. Okay, fine. Yeah. But it's like these big billowy sleeves that looks like they're hiding balloons. You yeah. Know? yeah. It makes it seem like, why are you going for this like Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> atmosphere? I really didn't get it. And by the way, I think that this was so over the top. I also wish people had said and had noticed something in Christian, which is shows a lot of technical um, expertise Mm -hmm. and capacity, Mm -hmm. shows creativity, shows will to do something different. That is what's really exciting about Christian, right? It's like, okay, I may not like it. I, I basically have the critique of Christian that actually the judges gave Chris, which was it may not be our taste level, but it will be something, something. That's yeah. how I feel about Christian so far. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to imply that it's bad taste or good taste, but I may not like what Christian does, but at least he tries something different. Yes. Um, but but in, in, in even given the idea that like, oh, okay, he, like Christian made several pieces and yes, some of them can be, are you okay? <gasps> So sorry. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm 
right. I'm sitting in front it's of happening. my window and I'm watching outside onto the street. Um, so yeah, listeners, so a very, very uh, brief tangent. And there's a, there's a man walking by my window who I've never seen before, but he had, um, he's got really, really long, long, long locks and they're wrapped up straight above his head. And I think he, I think he might've been like, I don't know, like five, nine, but then his locks were also five nine and the way he was walking he's just like so wonderful in like keeping his locks uh in i mean just like right above his head it's just (laughs) i mean i just so my eyes got really big and patricia saw me on the video i was like because i was following him it's like who was that man like he like his locks are his size but they're just straight up and down like he just wow and he walked by this tree and it's i i've I live in Brooklyn. <laughs> I live in Brooklyn, and I feel like I see this stuff all the time. But I'm out of I'm out of practice in like staring at my neighbors and staring at and people watching. I just it was just it was a really nice little moment. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. What were you talking no, about? No, it's okay. I, I I forget. Oh, I think I was just going on that nobody really I, I'm in agreement with you that mm-hmm. nobody really called out Christian for being so over the top and i'm not saying that he couldn't be over the top but mm-hmm. it was really just very very self-absorbed design very self-indulgent mm. um idea that didn't really make the model look very good mm. i did not think that the model the model was in my view a little bit styled in a way that i thought the the pants and the whole boot situation was too out of proportion with the top part of the garment hmm yeah because yeah go ahead go ahead no i'm just gonna ask you what you think well because i'm and i'm watching the video and the reason why i thought it walked better is because she took off that top layer um because it was Uh, it was just like one piece too many and then once she took that off um, underneath there was like a very fitted vest type thing that probably uh, resembled some type of armor um, corseted deal. And so it worked out with the, the with the proportions a little bit more. But um, I agree with you in terms of the self-indulgence. But also I wonder if because the, the, since the judges didn't, didn't call that out um, or give him the notes of Hey, this is great, but then also thinking about who is wearing this and where is she going, um, because maybe it was flanked by such boring pieces. <laughs> like maybe they're just bored, so overly bored by everything else. Because after Christian comes Rami. Right. You know, I, I'm I'm really wondering if if um, if he was really helped by that. Like, you know, Marcia coming out first with this silhouette that has already walked the runway that's no longer a wow and then you have this exuberance and then you have this really um very wonderfully uh flowy piece by rami um but but just so boring just very very boring Mm. and gorgeous gorgeous and boring i don't know yeah and it's sort of like another bridesmaid Another bridesmaid dress from yes, Rami. Yes, this would be a wonderful bridesmaid's dress. I think this would make a gorgeous bridesmaid dress. Yeah, because people I, will wear it after the wedding. Yeah. I was thinking, just make pants. And I think if he had draped something 
just different enough. Like why do a dress? And that's another thing. Like Christian's the only person who didn't do a dress. Everyone else did something, an iteration of that. Um, Rami, just do something else. Do separates. Do, do something else. Um, I don't really have that much to say about Rami's piece. Whoops. I don't either. Yeah. I think I've already said it. Um, Next is Sweet Pea. (laughs) And Sweet Pea's inspiration was a a peacock painting, a painting of a peacock. And um, how you see it on the, on the cheat sheet, you know, it's a very simple scoop neck dress, strapless, not strapless, a sleeveless scoop neck dress, slightly A-line with, um, I don't know, would you call those bucket pockets? (laughs) She's yeah. kind of like draped these pockets on the outside. So it's almost like it, it is a part of the silhouette, but you can kind of stick your whole arm into it. But they, they look functional. I think they're actually functional as pockets on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely think. Yeah. I I thought this walked beautifully. I thought it, I, I actually didn't, I thought it was nice. Um, and boring, you know, the, the same. Mm-hmm. It was a perfectly fine dress. And I love that their pockets included very practical, but they're, again, the elements of the dress that were just missed opportunities. And again, if you want to think about peacocks, why put, okay, sure. I can see why you would style your model with feathers in the hair, because that is the, that is a reference. And I, I'm wondering what it would have been like if she had not sh- found this fabric, you know, because um, I feel like for her that the fabric is doing most of the work um, and the design has nothing to do with peacocks or the, or perhaps why she was attracted to it. But maybe it was just aesthetic. So maybe the color is all that you really need here. I don't know. I thought the whole the only thing that referenced the original inspiration is the hair. Yeah. Nothing in the fabric, nothing in, in the and I'm not saying she had to cover um you know, the garment in feathers or even reference feathers. Yeah. But I just don't think to to use Tim's word, I think exuberance when it comes to peacock is exactly the way to go, right? Yes. There was none. There was none. Yeah. I mean, peacocks yeah. don't actually look loud. They sound loud. They're loud. Yeah. They're loud animals. And um, yeah, and they make themselves known when they are there, whether visually or aud- yeah, audibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, there's just, you know, so much there. A very quiet peacock. All right. Next, we have Jillian and her model wearing the same shoes again. It's the same shoes. Yes. <laughs> So, <laughs> all right. So her inspiration was um, the Argonauts and also so, uh, kind of like a like a soldier inspiration as well, kind of similar to Christian's, but different. And I thought I wished that the dress were longer. Um, mm, me too. And I also wish that the jacket were longer as well. Like there's just something <laughs> about it that. I wanted the focus to be on the jacket, but I, but, but you can't see it on the cheat sheet. If you've watched the episode, you, there is a wonderful surprise where she's lined that jacket 
with that gold fabric. And so it's just like gold on the inside. It's, 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 it's a beautiful jacket. It's, it's beautiful. Um, I was just kind of disappointed by what was underneath. Um, yeah, me too. I mean, I'll go again, given, I think that Jillian also struggles with how much Jillian struggles with time. Mm. Um, but I thought, well, it, it's referencing, I think some kind of soldier. Yeah. I thought, by the way, I thought for a warrior, the dress is the perfect length if you want to, if you have to hop on a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, but for modern day, so like in terms of relationship inspiration, very good. In terms of making it wearable for today, not likely, you know. Um, and I, I also thought, why didn't we see um, a pant? Mm-hmm. Just a plain legging or something mm-hmm. that would kind of continue on the toughness of the coat all the way down. Yeah. As opposed to being like, like you know, um, sword duel on the top and pool party below the waist, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I mean, I would even like, I, I even think like a really long skirt would have been something interesting. Just, I just want to see what else she was able to do. And I think a part of it is um, I'm wondering if there was a balance of what they usually do is like, Oh, feminine and masculine. And even when they were going in to the L'Oreal makeup room for, for her, I think the reference for the makeup artist was Joan of Arc. Um, mm. I think, I think it might've been Jillian. It was either Jillian. Or, no, I think it was Jillian. Yeah. Joan of Arc. And so they're like, yeah, so we don't want to make it like too feminine or too this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I would, what does that really mean? And is that it, was there a balance that she was trying to go with in terms of the toughness of the jacket? And what would it mean if the, the, the thing were all black with with gold piping and you know why does it have to be so shiny on the bottom i i appreciate it but i just want to know and also are these the only shoes that fit this model <laughs> i'm just, I'm just <laughs> curious i'm just like because i'm like a boot something that i feel like i just love jillian's outfits but i hate the i hate the shoe it just kind of like messes up everything else where the concept is so tight it's so tight and then these shoes i'm like these shoes don't go with everything you make jillian they really don't anyway so i'm just i'm harping a little bit too yeah, much maybe on those, those are the only shoes likes yeah yeah i'm really yeah. wondering if it's the model she's like i don't fit anything else on this wall <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> or maybe Jillian thinks about collections. She's like, in my collection, everyone wears the same shoes every week. I consider this as a part of my portfolio. Shoes, shoes are the same. And then everything else isn't really, you know, everything else is, is changing. Maybe maybe Jillian is so consistently strong in her concepts of who, she, and, you know, and, and rooted in who she is. It doesn't matter what kind of shoe is. I just, you know, I think the shoes are annoying because um, it has nothing to do with the outfit. But yeah. You, you just don't like, you know, asymmetrical T-strap shoes. <laughs> I, you know, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. <laughs> There's, you know, I will dig in deeper about this. I'll journal about it. I'll, I'll, I'll... <laughs> or not. <laughs> I got to know why. Why do I hate these shoes? Um, I think you've, you've just seen them so many times. We're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just like, I, I like, you know, I enjoy 
kept catching patterns, but not these kind of patterns. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. So let's let's look into the judging because, of course, we're only down to our final five. So all of them get to uh, present their work in front of the gauntlet of judges that they have. And this week we have Roberto Cavalli and which I thought was was really adorable and wonderful because he's he hasn't seen any of these designers. And the first, the first designer they they start with is um, I think it's Christian. Yes. So with Christian, um, I thought it was pretty straightforward. Where it's just like, you know how to put on a show. This was a show. She walked out and it's like, oh, you're really thinking about the show. And I think they they really enjoyed, um, the layerings and the and just how like big it was what are your thoughts i can see your face i actually think that they were talking about chris oh were they i thought oh my gosh wait what's in my no no no. they talk about chris next because i don't think i think wait am i out of order here i mean so no maybe not because i remember michael kors saying something like oh christian knows how to put on a show it's a show it's a show but they said something very similar about Chris. So they said that about Christian, but then about Chris, Cavalli said something like, oh, he's the only one with, he's the most artistic of everything up here. Yes. And he I can put on a show. So they both, it's almost like Christian and Chris were, there was an undercurrent of them being pitted against each other mm-hmm. with what they each made on this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was wonderful what he said. Because I remember the first time watching this episode for the very first time, meaning like 2008, 2007, whenever I watched this. Um, And he goes, oh, Chris, I love this. You are the most artistic up here out of everyone here. You are the most artistic. And I was like, what? I remember my initial thought being like, excuse me, this is not great. I can't believe Roberto Cavalli loves this. And then, you know, the other judges are just like, well, let's curtail that praise a little bit because we've seen this before. So that's sort of the 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 thing that was, I thought, really wonderfully contentious because um, but also helpful to have someone with fresh eyes look at this this dress that Chris made. Um, And I I do I don't remember who pointed out like I think it might have been Nina or. Uh, or Michael, uh, who was like, well, you know, no, no, Heidi, it was Heidi, who basically was like, well, you know, we are very biased against it, because we've seen this before. And the first piece that and and the one that you're that we think this is referencing was so amazing. It was such like a high bar that even though this is beautiful, um, you set yourself up, in a sense, for failure, because of how good that first piece was. So we're, we're missing the positive things and the beautiful aspects of this, because we're just kind of disappointed that we're seeing this similar thing that we've seen before already. And why would you do, why would you do this? Yeah. 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 But I love that because you have this well-respected designer as your guest judge. Who's like, Oh, I think this one should win. This is my favorite piece. Good as much. Oh, you're such an artist. And they're just like, yeah, Kamali. Yes. And <laughs> even Chris is like, oh, oh really? <laughs> I know. And I just like Chris's face lights up. It's again so adorable. It's so cute. And I and I, so and I yeah, and I'm glad it was there because he kind of deserved it. 
um, but also needed a little bit of, I think, what you're saying that Christian needed as well. Some like constructive criticism to kind of open yourself up to, hey, yeah, but you can do better. We've seen better. This is good, but we've seen better. And, and this is, I don't know. Anyway, I have so many thoughts on that because I, I do think that Chris holds himself back for whatever reason and definitely held himself back on this. And it's not that great, I think, for a less uh, experienced designer to know what you can get away with. <laughs> like, if you can just, like, you know, spin your model around and then shove her onto the runway and then everyone's like, oh, my God, it's amazing. Then I don't I don't think that's great either for um, as as a as a maker. So, yeah. Um, so because next we have Jillian and. As opposed to Chris, uh, Nina, uh, highest praise for Nina, you always surprise me, Jillian. Jillian, whenever your clothes come down the runway, I'm always surprised in a good way. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Couldn't be better. Couldn't High be better. praise from Nina, other, other than like, it's so very editorial, this piece, you know, like, I feel like that is wonderful, because that's what Tim was yelling at the designers in the workroom to do. Don't bore Nina. Blow her stilettos oh. off, you know, like, sh- like surprise oh. her. <laughs> Give her something she hasn't seen before. <laughs> yeah. So, um. And, and it also Roberto Covalli noticed the details. So this is where um, in the episode where you get to see those cutouts um, on the back of the, of the jacket, you can actually see them and no one's commenting about like, Oh, he lose all the details in the black because it's so beautiful. That's what we, we typically get with these um, with garments that are made in black that are so intricate and have so many of these details Somehow, um, I do believe that perhaps it is the gold that is illuminating those things underneath. So you can actually see them because of the contrast that she's built into the piece um, uh, and, and into the lining. Of course, like it's shiny. And Heidi is like, oh, my God, I love gold. Look at it. Gold. Right. <laughs> it's just so great. Um, did you notice, though? That for Chris, Cavalli's um, effusive feedback was, oh, I can see this in Paris on, uh, in, at the Paris Fashion Week and in, or in Couture yeah. and you could have your own fashion house. And then with Jillian, he goes, mm, I would be happy, very happy to have you on my stuff. Right. That was, I, I, I heard that and I was like, mm-hmm typical <laughs> I you know and Jillian very gracious she goes that would be an honor that would be an honor whatever that would be an honor um and I'm just like well, you know what else are you gonna say but I just I, it's you, you know you could say something else I you know you should say something else but I'm like no um she could fucking run her own okay. fashion house she's also worthy of having fashion week and being in out couture and whatever yes yes um yeah yeah so Anything else about Jillian before we move on to, let me see. Sweet Pea is next. All right. Yes. So, so Sweet Pea. And uh, it's uh, it's kind of clear, everyone, the judges agree with us. 
about this dress. And it's just a lot of, it's nice. It's nice. It's not special. It's just nice. And Heidi, Heidi, Heidi is speaking a lot during this episode. I feel like she's been speaking up a lot more. And particularly now, she says something that I think is really helpful for Sweet Pea. And she's like, you, you do make a lot of sweet dresses, not to reference her name. You know, like you make great commercial dresses and, and Michael Kors chimes in as well. It's like, we know your strengths in commercial, you know what sells, but we just want to see more. I just wish they would have said that earlier because she did get really great feedback throughout the season. Um, especially when, you know, that one episode when she was paired up with Rami and she actually did kind of push it, but she pushed it because she was, I think she had a fire under her because Rami was going to throw her under the bus if they were on the bottom. So she had an extra set of motivations to um, push her to, to be a little bit more riskier with, with whatever she did. But um, I I feel like if they, if they had been noticing that she's been making these really sweet dresses, then I just kind of wish that she had gotten that critique earlier. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah. I, I thought she had received something along those lines, maybe not with that much clarity, hmm. but yeah, it's sort of all we see her do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So next is Rami and we start off Rami's critique with Heidi asking him, so Rami, tell us about your dress. And Rami starts BSing right away. He's like, so um, I picked this, uh, how do you say, uh, st- structure, sculpture? No, 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 a structure um, that was reminiscent of uh, draping? No, 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 movement? <laughs> movement draping? No, no, ease, ease. You know, something like that. Something, you know, something yeah, around. Yeah. And he was like working so hard. <laughs> To not be like, I know this is cliche, guys. I know you're going to knock me. I'm just going to use all of the words except for the thing that it actually is. And, um, yeah. oh, my God. Cavalli just was not fooled either. He's like, so, uh, you know, it's, it's too normal. It's, 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 it's too normal. No fronting of, like, it's pretty, but it's just like, it's too normal. I came here to see art. <laughs> <laughs> not normal yeah, why, clothes right right why didn't you pick something neoclassical like your like your contenders or candidates like why did you have to pick just classical uh, <laughs> the classic of classics <laughs> but boring but normal so boring I mean in Rami it's just like oh why are you blaming me you know this is my passion Oh man, um, I don't know. How did how did you feel about this back and forth with Rami? I thought again. I, I all I saw was Rami in denial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like Rami, just yeah. it's okay. Like drop this, drop this. I will, I will lose face if I don't agree with myself. Yes, yes, charade. It's yes. just so taxing to see because as the judges are telling him, oh. How expected? 
we're not, you know, we're not going to take your excuses. You had two other ring, other wings to choose from, or you could have done something besides draping. Like, of course, we're in Greek and Roman, but does that mean you have to spoon feed us the same thing? Um, and then Nina, and, and I, you know, Nina is like, we want you to, we want to see you out of this box, and they're all telling him this stuff to his face, and he has this smile that didn't sit well with me. Only because I didn't understand what was going on. I'm like, okay, is this how Rami protects himself um, mm. in the face of this onslaught of criticism? Like, how how are you doing under there, Rami? Because the way he was smiling at them, I was like, okay, does he not get it? Is it is he just a little dense? And I'm like, I don't, or is he getting it and he's sad on the inside? I don't really know. But um, I I thought that was the um, I know better smile. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, but maybe maybe I read it wrong. But I thought it was the you don't understand my genius kind of smile, which is really like, first of all, nobody's supposed to understand anybody's genius. That's what makes it interesting. And second of all, second of all, nobody's a genius. (laughs) Certain people hit certain, you know, certain peaks at specific times because of certain circumstances. But this whole like who's a genius is already kind of self-deluding. And then to think you're one of those is already extra self-deluding. But you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm inclined to be of the same thought process as Chris. Hmm. I get stressed out. I want to nap in this mm-hmm. whole attitude of like, I don't count, you know, winning, like Chris said something this episode, like, you know, winning project runway would be like winning the lottery. I don't count on it, but I don't discount it. And yeah. Maybe, maybe that was a little negative, but I relate more to that <laughs> than this whole, like, don't you understand my genius? I'm going to smile at you because you don't. I'm going to smile condescendingly back at you because you don't understand my genius. Oh, my gosh. And, and that sort of made me also not just uncomfortable, but, like, enough already. Enough already. Yeah, it, like, made me a little squeamish. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Something about his face. I was like, ooh, that smile. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I forgot about Chris saying that because it's realistic to think about this as winning the lottery. Oh, I'm so happy to say, to hear you say that. Cause sometimes I'm like, well, is that negative? Is no. that just not like, you know, poo poo enough, you know, is like, no, I feel like nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, a, it's one of, I think it's one of Chris's strengths throughout this whole competition. I feel like that's a part mm. of why Chris is still here because, you know, yeah. maybe he didn't make like my favorite pieces, but and also, I you know, I think they're being realistic about everything, like even time um, kind yeah. of holds him back. Um, but it also is, I think, a very relatable way of looking at this and also just kind of steeped in reality. You guys to you yeah. know, just even talk about how you got here. Um, it is a one in a million chance. And at, on the opposite spectrum is is Rami, who is just like, Ugh, I'm coming in here knowing that I am heads and tails above all my other competition. And also as opposed to like Christian, who I think is, it's so funny um, because, okay, so I'm, I'm going to compare Christian to a five-year-old who runs a marathon. Um, only because, so, because I know you're a marathon runner too, because uh, I've, I've run, I remember the first marathon I ran was with this kid or, I, I, you know, I shouldn't say with this kid, but, um, ran a series of races and there's always this dad and this little boy. And he was definitely 
under eight. And he ran like his life to pin on it. And he also ran because he didn't know how long 26.2 miles was. And I was like, oh, to be unaware of the the trials and tribulations in front of you. He's just like, I'm just running, having a good time running. It's like Christian to me is like a seven-year-old running a marathon. As opposed to Chris, who is very aware of the circumstances. And then Rami, who was just like, I'm elite. Excuse me. I'm going to win. And yeah, yeah I feel like that's the... That is, that is, that is, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's, that's also Rami. Like, have you not seen my, you know, barefoot elite running shoes? Look at them, you know, like kind of relying on other visible things rather than what Mm -hmm. the work actually um, says and does and how it actually goes. And one thing too, that I was thinking about is that um, I think that, I think I may be complicating things by saying this, but I think that, my dear Chris, the fact that Chris is actually holding um, himself, himself back also shows something really good about Chris, which is Chris mm-hmm. is willing to listen. Chris mm-hmm. is holding back, I think, also because Chris has heard, you're over the top, you, you're too costumey. So Chris mm-hmm. is sort of like, okay, I'm, I think Chris is trying to find the balance between showing a vision, showing a skill, and all to the level that Chris has at, at their disposal. Like, I, I make work like this, yeah. you know. But also working against the stigma that people have towards Chris's own style mm-hmm. of seeing, which is not taking fashion too seriously. Yeah. Right? Chris is not here to uh, do what Christian did, which I wonder, and I don't know enough to say, well, is that really like a Spanish military painting sleeve or is that a Dutch Northern Renaissance sleeve? What are you <laughs> trying to do here? Right? I don't know enough to be able to determine that, but I'm... I'm, but it would be a question that I would have. Like, mm-hmm. whereas, whereas Chris is like, let's all have fun with this. <laughs> so I think that Chris is holding back precisely because Chris is listening to not just what the judges are saying, but to the undercurrent of stigma that I think people look at his work through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that actually, even though Chris is holding back, it's actually a good thing. Whereas Rami is not listening not holding back, but just not really connecting with what's going on to me, you know. To yes. Me. Oh, my gosh. There's so much there. Because I, I do think, like, connecting is a part of that, too. I feel like that's, yeah, that is a that is a good word, too. Man. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, their process is so interesting. All right, so, so they they dismiss the the designers so that the judges can sort of deliberate for the very last time because um, they're deciding who goes on to New York Fashion Week, and I think uh, watching them deliberate, realize I realize that they're now we have to kind of see what they're basing their criteria on, and it's, instead of responding to just the challenge, they're responding to what does it mean to give this designer an opportunity to show at fashion week? Because they kept bringing up this idea of like, well, who's going to put on a good show? Like who's going to do that? And like, and and I feel like the people who got in automatically was Christian and, and, and Jill and Jillian, because with Christian, they're just like, 
Uh, Christian is a showman. He is a showman. He definitely will put on a good show. Oh, yeah, you're right. That is that is Cavalli. Oh, did Cavalli yeah. say that? That was Una Nina Garcia. So. Terrible impression. Oh, gonna... okay. I, I don't know. I think they all... I think they all kind of said a very similar thing about about christian yes yes and then in regards to that and then jillian too which i this is one of my the quotes that i remember from the season from heidi klum because she goes jillian you know she gets up there and she's so soft-spoken but she's ballsy she's so quiet but she comes out there with a pow boom bang (laughs) gold She's amazing. I was just like, yes, Jillian's in. <laughs> and she yeah, has Heidi Klum as a client forever. But um, I just, that's I just like Heidi. Huh? Heidi pays attention. That's why I like Heidi. Mm. Heidi really does pay. She's not distracted by things that may distract people like Nina and Michael. Like what? Like um, just paying attention to how. Well, in, in this particular, in this case, how Jillian put that thought together and then carried it through execution. Yeah. Like this idea, like, like Jillian is the only one who picked a warrior. Yeah. You know? I mean, Christian kind of picked a soldier oh. looking Oh, that's thing. right. That's but right. it was that's from right. a very different era. Um, and and also it was a, she she chose a battle scene um, to be inspired from. But so, yeah. Yeah. Sorry to mm. be nitpicky there. Uh, but I, but I do think that that coat must have looked so much better in, in real life than what we saw. And, and, and think, and talking about how it, it, you know, Rami just bored all the judges to death with his repetition of draping. Yet Jillian hasn't bored the judges to death with all the jackets she's tried to put together. Oh, good point. You know, good point. So I'm like, I, just I want to know what that looked like in real life and I feel like she deserves more credit in all the tailoring and detail work that she probably put into that piece so yeah um yeah but the judges were a little hung up on our last three people so Chris so Chris and Rami and Sweet Pea are clearly not automatic uh winners and are and so it's a little bit more deliberation chris is a is awkward because roberto cavalli i tallied him he was my highest score i i I cannot i cannot deny he was my favorite he was my favorite designer of the night i gave him ten thousand stars and we're like roberto cavalli the highest is five stars ten thousand stars he is an artist couture couture And the rest of them were just, I feel like I wonder if the other judges were like, mm, we would have just eliminated him right out if Roberto Cavalli didn't like him so much. But I don't, I don't think that's true. I don't think it's true. But, um, but I thought it was, again, like, I just love it. I love it how it's awkward. It's the, the normie judges against the guest judge, <laughs> the powerful guest judge. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Not just any judge, Roberto Cavalli. Yes. Yeah. Um. And yeah, and but I think it's pretty, um, pretty much up in the air um, about all that. And of course, everyone's super disappointed in Rami and how predictable it all was. And you know, that's that that's neither here nor there with that. Anything else before we bring them back out and make no. our final decisions? Okay, so 
it's time for the designers to come back out. And Patricia, who was the yes. winner of this challenge and the first designer to go into Fashion Week? Um, I believe it's a second win for this designer oh, this season. Who, who could that be? Right? I Well, there's been... Somebody else has won. This would... Anyway, so... Um, it's a second win and very special win for Christian Siriano. It is Christian Siriano. So Christian is the first designer. Well, wins the whole challenge and is the first designer um, going on to Fashion Week. And uh, what I love is that the cameras follow him all the way behind the scrim when he walks off and then <laughs> sashays and just does like around the world snap. Um I enjoyed that. It was it was like a nice little dance <laughs> backstage. It was fun. Yeah. All right. Who is our Cute. second designer to go? <sighs> okay. I'm I'm right now. I our second designer was so happy after doing a little jiggle in front of the scrim, the scrim, and then did a little jump after mm -hmm. the scrim that revealed some kind of special holster for a hot glue gun. <laughs> Did you notice that? I noticed it. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, okay. there's a little garter under there. What is that garter belt for? And who is this like edgy, uh, um, secret edgy garter belt wearing person? <laughs> the Joan of Arc of the sewing room is Jillian. Yay! <laughs> and I guess that's not a garter belt. Is that a, is that a holster or are they the same thing? Oh. I, I was just being dramatic with my, that must be a hot glue gun holster. I feel what like, else oh would my gosh, is that, is there, if there's such a thing as a holster for a hot glue gun, that is amazing. Oh, no, first, well, I think, okay, if you look at like pulp art paintings, yeah. you see a lot of like ladies with holster, like a little gun holster in the yeah. leg or something like that. Yeah. Um, and also films, not just pulp art, but also like films. So that's what I was kind of punning on. It must be for a hot glue gun because they're in the sewing room. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I mean, you could wear that on your ankle, too. That'd be great. <laughs> Wherever you can put a holster. Yeah. I, I, would want, I, would want, I would want easy access, like a waist, you know, yeah. <laughs> thing. All right. And so not, we have... Not conceal and carry. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. So the designers we have left are Sweet Pea, Rami, and Chris. So, Patricia, what happens to Sweet Pea? We say goodbye to Sweet Pea at last. Sorry. We say goodbye to Sweet Pea. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. I know you can like, like, oh, bye, Sweet Pea. Bye, Sweet Pea. So, yeah, Sweet Pea is eliminated. Sweet Pea doesn't go out. Sweet Sorry. Pea is just straight up out. So, um, yeah. it's sad. Um, she's She's got to go back there and uh, tell Jillian and, and Christian that she's out. Um, yeah. And now we're down to Rami and Chris. And they both get speeches from Heidi Klum. Rami, it's like, your work has been consistent. But as this challenge showed, it's been consistently safe. We question if you can bring anything new to Fashion Week. Chris, we know you can bring the drama to the runway, even if it's something we've seen before. Whoops. Ping. <laughs> but this was your moment to show us something new. We were disappointed. So, uh, Patricia, what is the fate of Chris and Rami? Well, Chris actually goes to Fashion Week. And then Rami? 
And then Rami goes to Fashion Week. (laughs) (laughs) They were deadlocked. They were deadlocked. So they were going to get rid of them both. But Roberto Cavalli wouldn't let me. (laughs) No. So they basically are going to let them both create collections for Fashion Week. But still just one of the two will make yes. it actually onto the the real finale. Um, exactly. I do believe that this is the first pre-finale twist in the history of Project Runway. Um, oh, listeners, cool. if I'm wrong, let me know. But I do believe this is the first time that they've had a face-off that, um, in the week running up to Fashion Week. I, I, I think that's true, right? Right? Um, I, th- I, you know, I kind of, I, I, I kind of trust my memory, but I, I think this might be the very first one. I trust you. I trust your memory too. Um, I hope I'm right. <laughs> so essentially, their assignment is to go home, and we all know this if you have been watching Project Runway anytime recently, because this happens almost every season now. Um, but back then, this was not normal. This was like a real mind twist and also confusing because they're going to make a whole collection but when they come back before uh, fashion week they're going to show their three strongest pieces to the judges and then from that the judges will determine who actually gets to be one of the final three so when they go backstage um the only one who's really going home is sweet pea it's even sadder yeah yeah but it's also kind of like I know there was only one designer going, mm-hmm. but there's no really, there's no real rest for the other two. Right, right. You know, so in a way, it's kind of worse, I think. Oh. I mean, it's not worse, but it's, no, it's not worse because you still have a chance. <laughs> yeah. But it means that it's not better in terms of coming to a closure or a resolution. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. It's oh. it's more stress and it's kind of like, oh, man, it's like, yeah, but like, oh, man. So. Yeah. Um. So it's so Tim comes in and and only says goodbye to Sweet Pea. So uh, she's the only one who gets sent back to the ro- to the workroom to clean up her to clean up her stuff. And it's it's very very uh, sad to see her go. Um, and there was also another thing that I didn't point out that we see more often or start to see more often in the latter seasons of Project Runway is that there is usually a lot of emotion around the final challenge. Usually Tim comes in and gives a really wonderful speech and chokes up at the end because he's so, um, um, what do you call it? So attached and, 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 oh my gosh, I'm looking for a word. I can't, I can't find it. Anyway, this time it was just like designers, you have two hours for this. And you have to send everyone to the hair and makeup room. It's very normal. Um, but it was up until this moment when he hugged Sweet Pea. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, Tim is a little emotional. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think he, he, of course, had a lot of insight into what Sweet Pea's struggle had been up to there. And and I think Sweet Pea actually um, did respond well to feedback. Yeah. When it was given to Sweet Pea. So... Um, yeah, it was nice to see that. Yeah. To see that accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. It really was great. All right. Any final thoughts about this episode? No. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, wow. So this is the final episode. What happens in 
the next one, of course, because this is Bravo. This is not Lifetime. Um, in the Lifetime era of Project Runway, we usually get a part one and a part two of the finale. But in the Bravo era of Project Runway, we get a reunion slash tell all episode. So that's actually oh. what the next um, episode is. And I, I, you know, wow, what a what a flashback or a, a throwback. I totally forgot when they used to do this, when they drum up all the drama. Anyway, so all that being said, the next episode, um, we're going to touch on um, the the tell all. Um, I'm still deciding on whether or not we have a lot to say about that or if we're all going to just actually plan for a final for a finale three and um, kind of like squash it in together, because I feel like those conversations um, are interesting. But also, I feel like the gossip that comes out of those usually are like sprinkled over the finale anyway. So um, and it will also give us more time to talk about Tim's visits to these final four essentially so um yeah 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 so i think well i think that's what we'll do yeah that sounds that sounds right to me you know okay. it would be if Nalen's up for it then that sounds perfect to me to just talk about all of them yeah in the same episode yeah yeah because i actually i want to get to the close <laughs> so, um all right so now that we're at the end of this episode, Patricia, do you have anything to share with our listeners and um, remind them how they can find you? Yes, I will do that. I would like to do something first. I would yes. like to say the name of the painting that I incorrectly attributed to Vijay Lebrun uh-huh. earlier on this episode. And sorry to make you wait so long. No, when when okay. I finally found it, like from my like super book. I love it. It's in a book like, that you have in your house. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not going to mention the author because the author is really transphobic now and has been, so I kind of don't really reference this author, but I do um, kind of keep it for the incredible amount of research that went into this. Mm -hmm. Um, Although if people want to know it privately, I can say it privately. I won't promote this person's work publicly. However, the painter is, um, it's actually on the Met's website as well. The painter is Marie-Denise Villers, um, and it's a portrait of Charlotte Duval- Dogne, that's Dogne, D apostrophe O G N E S, wow. and that that for a decade, at least a decade, at least, it was out to be cleaned, and then it also still came back. But for a long, for decades, that was when you walked up the Met stairs mm-hmm. onto their um, from the first level, and you went to the European paintings. You walked through the glass doors, and if you looked through the following doors ahead of you, this painting was on the left side of those doors. And it was really nice to see that. So that that's what I was referencing earlier. Sorry Yay. to go on. Okay, so <laughs> there's that. And by the way, if you look at older books, this painter was also referred to as Constance Constance Marie Charpentier for some reason. Oh. Um, but... Yeah, so I don't have much to share aside from keep taking good care of yourselves and try not to look at news before you go to bed, which is what I did a couple of days ago. And then I just got really rowdy, like really like (laughs) mad at the world again. Um, So, yeah, keep 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 up the positive energy and I can be found loitering on the the workroom um, Instagram account um, and I can be found on my own account on Instagram, um, sense and sight, S E N S E S I G H T. 
with the same handle for um, Twitter and Instagram. What about you, Ernest? Where on the interwebs are you loitering? Um, I'm usually (laughs) loitering um, around my apartment. Let's be let's be honest. (laughs) Like I've been trying to stay away from Twitter and um, all the other stuff. I I get so distracted. It's it's um, yeah. Talk about staying away from the news. So um, but I can be found, of course, all over the interwebs. At Ernez, H-E-R-N-E-A-S-E. I'm typically the only one. Um, and then you can also find me on my website, ernezdavis.com. And again, join us on Instagram and especially on Facebook as well. Um, or send us your, your notes to our Gmail account. All of those links will be in the show notes as well. And um, gosh, I think there was one more thing that I meant to mention. Oh, yeah. And again, like a shout out to um, the wonderful Samilia Kolar. Uh, the link to her online shop, um, Samilia, is um, my original co-host for this podcast and, and um, long, 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 long uh, good friend. Um, but I, I always want to like kind of shout her out because she's constantly making amazing things on her website. And uh, the link to her site is in the show notes as well. Yay. All right. Oh, man. Thank you, Patricia. This is so fun. You're Ah. welcome. Thank you for bringing me back. You're welcome, as always, (laughs) or my pleasure. (laughs) And thank you, listeners, too. I don't know. It's mine. It's (laughs) It's like, no, let's have a nice fight. It's like, no, it's my pleasure. It's like, no, it's my pleasure. Anyway, I love nice fights. Um, And then, listeners, please, please do continue to take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for watching along with us on this wonderful vintage season four journey of this iconic um, journey of all of these amazing characters and, and designers who have been in our brains and memories for those of us who have been with the show for a long time. Um, and so until next episode, we will both say goodbye. Bye. Bye.